Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Välkomna till avsnitt nummer 22 utav Champagnepodden. Den här veckan så kommer jag prata med Rodolf Peters som är ägare och även vinmakare på Pierre Peters i Lemonil. Det här är den sista intervjun som jag släpper från min resa i somras när jag var nere i Champagne och gjorde ett x antal intervjuer och jag hoppas självklart att jag kommer att åka tillbaka och göra fler intervjuer. Troligtvis så kommer det bli en resa i februari och ytterligare en under april. Jag sitter och lite grann på mig. Kanske ska jag till och med anordna lite resor ner till Champagne. Det skulle kunna vara ett, ett spännande koncept. Men Rudolf Peters i alla fall var en mycket, mycket trevlig man. Först när, när vi kom till... Till Pierre Peters så um, han hade dubbelbokat sig och um, vi fick en liten rundtur först och um, vi trodde inte att det skulle bli någon intervju men sen så kom Rudolf tillbaka och uh, bad sig hemskt mycket om ursäkt. Han såg att han um, e-mailet då som han skulle skicka iväg där, där stod att han inte kunde, hade inte kommit iväg. Så att vi fick i alla fall en härlig intervju och uh, jag ska nog säga att uh, Rudolf är nog... Den personen som jag blev mest positivt överraskad. Jag hade inte så superstor koll på just honom sen tidigare. Mer än att Björn Stjärn Antonsson hade sagt att det var en otroligt trevlig man. Vilket han var. Men det känns som att han har en enorm känsla. Han har den här fingertoppskänslan för att göra champagnerna. Och jag ser väldigt, väldigt mycket fram emot... Vad som kommer ut i framtiden från Pierre Peters. För jag tror att det kommer bli riktigt, riktigt bra. Så att, eh, håll utkik där. Eh, jag ska säga att den här veckan så kör vi osponsrat igen. Är det någon som vill sponsra podden så eh, går det bra att höra av sig till martin.champansweden.se Men vi gör så att vi rullar intervjun och sen så hörs vi lite senare. So we're here in uh, Lemonil for another episode of the Champagne podcast and uh, today we're meeting with uh, Rudolf, chef de cave at uh, Pierre Peters. 
Nice to meet you. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm fine. Let's say that I'm the chef de car, so the winemaker, yeah. but uh, also as it's a family business, I'm also the current uh, owner because precisely for our family, we have for generation uh, intern rule. It means that only one person per generation can uh, uh, rule the firm, take the rein. And generation after generation. So I had to wait that my father retired before to take over. It's actually my uncle uh, who was the previous, um, uh, the former Vavkiko uh, winemaker. Yes. And my father who made the decision to for me to, to take over. Why? You know, I have uh, cousins, I have a brother, but it's one person per generation. Yeah. A good way, you know, to keep a family business from generation to generation. And you have children as well now? I have children as well, yes. How many do you have? Two. Two of them? Yes. And uh, uh, son, uh, yes. he will turn 20 soon. And, Victor? Uh, Victor yes. and uh, daughter, Alban. Yeah. Uh, Are they interested in the in So the far one? not. Really? No, no, no. So far my son is interested in art business. Yes. In Not, not in business, he's interested in art. How to promote art how to understand art. He, I can't say an artist by himself, but uh, yes, he, he has uh, drawing the, the last levels of um, the, the Lieutenant Monsieur Victor uh, vintage project he did by himself, but he's mostly interesting by uh, art promotion. Okay. And my daughter is interesting by, uh, uh, is interesting in uh, architecture. So, so far there Architecture are and, and Rosé wine. Uh, Rosé, yeah, she's <laughs> prone to get his own cuvee, but uh, I, can't, I can't say. She does not drink so far, yes. Uh, a little bit, you know, and champagne for, yes. A little bit and champagne only. Yeah. We, uh, I, I did an interview with uh, Bjorn Pana. Yes. And we talked about the Rosé. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, I think the Rosé is uh, quite good to, to be a Cote Blanc uh, producer or, uh, or Chardonnay producer. Uh -huh. And it's like... Well, that's not my opinion. <laughs> yes, Bjorn is uh, is not a big big fan of uh, uh, rosé from from, from uh, uh, Côte des Blancs producers. No. Yes, I think it's a good one. Yes, yeah. But uh, we had a small tour uh, before, and um, uh, I understand that you are quite an artist as well uh, for for the winemaking. Uh, when did you first get in contact with uh, with wine? Yeah, with wine. I'm not worried with my children, you know, it's um, also, it's part of, um, and I think it's, it has been a good part of my life so far. I mean that I never had any uh, pressures on my shoulders to take over, for sure. Uh, one was my passion for a long time, but it was not my first uh, dream, you know. Mm. When I turned 18, 20, my dream was to become the new... Uh, Captain Cousteau, you know, to work for uh, uh, sea biology really? and ocean. Yes, it was my dream. Mm -hmm. I started to study uh, biology um, uh, and, and I expected to uh, to uh, uh, to study in a famous school in Brest, so in in, uh, in Britain, in yes. France, uh, about, uh, it's called oceanography in French, so sea things. Yes. Uh, before to realize that uh, <laughs> that wine is also a very uh, interesting uh, way of life. Okay. So 
then I studied enology. Uh, I, I was graduated in '92, so so a long time now. And I can't say very early I was passionate by wine more than champagne. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, I even think it's uh, it must be a, a very important part of the a winemaker concern. You can't be a good winemaker if you don't love wine no. in general. I mean. Uh, it makes it keeps your mind open, uh, and I think you can be a better winemaker uh, uh, if you are interested in wine in general. Of course. So, and and that means that I did not work in the wine business before to take over. I was uh, I worked for supplier of wine business. I okay. mean, uh, for machine production machine for. So bottling machine, uh, labeling machine, uh, corked machine, uh, also for labels, caps, uh, the cage, also uh, and, and cork. So all around the wine business, but never inside, except that I had to, to do things by myself. And um, I found a few consulting, you know, uh, before to take over. So I work for the wine before to, to work for my wine. And uh, what year did you take over? When? You yeah, know? Uh, yeah, which year? Uh, uh, in 2007. 2007. So 10 years now. 10 years. Yes. So your first vintage was 2007. Uh, in a way, yes. Let's say 100% controlled. Yes. 2007. Uh, but, you know, even I was not involved in the business, my father... Um, uh, uh, I was allowed to participate, you know, to participate to the harvest, to participate to uh, uh, the vinification, to participate to the testing, to the blend. So it means that step by step, I was able to share with my father, to suggest, to try my things, you know, to, to make some, some tries, some tests. Uh, my father was really open mind, but at the same time, he had no pressure, you know, he was the only person at the end of, uh, of the business and everything was really clear. I was allowed to participate, yes. but I was not involved. Let's say in between 92 and 2007, it means I had 15 years to understand, yes. you know, to understand the specificity of our terroir, specificity of Peter's style. I must say that when came my turn, I didn't have to uh, break everything. I had times to, to suggest some change to my father. From 2000, my father asked me to, to be responsible for the blending. Yes. You know, so because, uh, yes, once again, he's, he's a farmer, but he has a long term point of view, you know, view, I mean. Uh, he told me 2000 is probably a vintage you would have to sell by yourself. So you must, it must be your choices. Yes. No. Not the vinification, but the blend. It means 15 years to understand. And when my turn came, I didn't have to break the style, no. to break everything, to kill my father in no. a way, you know, to demonstrate that I can be better or no. to exist, yeah. simply exist. Uh, because it was my wines for a part already. Uh, I just had to consolidate a few things, you yes. know, but in, in the, with the same philosophy, with the same style. 
It's not a very sexy philosophy right now. Uh, uh, I think our ones must be very, very good to be appreciated because as you saw, you visited the cellar. Yes. We work stainless steel, no barrels. So right now for journalists, for certain, uh, let's say, wine lovers, it's not sexy. You said that your, your father was uh, open-minded and um, yes. um, that, uh, when we had the tour, it, it uh, sounds like you're pretty open-minded, you like to do experiments and, uh, and uh, if we talk about uh, the winemaking process with you, uh, this podcast would take uh, 10 or 20 hours. Yes, correct. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I didn't know everything uh, before, uh, but... Yeah, I like your champagne. Champagnes is lovely, but it's a lot of small things that you do. Yes, uh, really. Uh, a, a good the difference in between a good wine and and excellent wines. It's not based on uh, big things, you know, a, 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 a recipe. No, absolutely not. It comes from small details. You must pay attention to many, many small things you can consider is nothing. Yeah. But in reality, the addition of all those details make the difference in yeah. between good, not good, and very good. Yeah. First thing I realized along the 15 years is my luck is the quality of our terroir. You know, we, we, the, the, our vineyards are seated on the best places for Chardonnay and Champagne, Le Menil, Auger, Avis, Cramont, mostly, most of our vineyards is seated in the Grand Cru villages. And for me, the, the four best, East, Fessid, uh, the middle of the coast for the most part of uh, our blocks. Uh, and I realized along the 15 years that the best terroir are far stronger than the best winemakers. Yes. So considering that the best terroir are stronger, the, my attention to stay very light, you know, very transparent, just to accompany more than to impose myself. Yes. Uh, which is a big deal, you know, for a winemaker. When you are a winemaker, especially a young or a new one, you want to demonstrate. Mm. Uh, I think it's easier to impose yourself to demonstrate your knowledge than to take the decision to stay really behind. But, but, it, but also uh, what you're saying with the you don't use a recipe uh, and during the tour uh, we told, got told that uh, like when, you, when you're doing the pressing you don't yes. use like the first, second press, you, you no. taste the Yes, I, I the made juice. the selection by the glass. Yes. But same thing for many, many things, you know, uh, uh, malo, no malo, for me, that makes no sense. Uh, it's all, every, our wines are blended from uh, no malo and malo wines. Yes. Even Le Chetillon is blended from a proportion of malo wines and no malo wines. I really consider the smart winemakers are people who, once again, don't apply a recipe, even they consider they have a, a big experience and they know. No, it's people who accept to start from a white page every year from their basics and their knowledge and their experience, but adapt yes. their vinification to the specificity of the raw material. So the terroir, the grapes variety and the impact of a vintage. And with the only consistent things is the objective. 
So what is the style of my wine? Yes. It must be very consistent. If it's inconsistent for, for the market, for customers, it's very complicated to follow, you know, a brand. But if you know perfectly what is your target, what is your objective, then you have several ways to, to meet your, 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 your objective. You think, um, um, to be a winemaker, yes. do you think that you have to have a certain genes or do you th- uh, can you do it by practice for many, many years? Do you think that everybody can be a, a decent winemaker just by uh, practicing uh, a lot? Or do you have to have something like built in from... It, it's, it's a mix of clearly for me. It's a mix of, but basically depended on, once again, the raw material. The, uh, I don't uh, uh, um, follow the same winemaking in, in, for Peters and I consult for five other uh, estates worldwide. Uh, I work in barrels for certain because certain raw material need to be improved mm. to get a better uh, core line, you know, or to have a, a, a more tension or energy or body. Uh, so in certain cases where you need to have a lot of winemaking experiences, something, let's say, theoretically mm. and experience are both very important. Yes. I don't think ex- uh, experiences is the only possibility. You know, uh, if you don't understand the certain principle, you will mistake. You can be lucky and succeed, but by luck. But if you succeed by luck, that means you can't succeed every year. No, you can't have So it's consistent. a mix of theory and experience. If it's only theory, you will mistake. You can succeed by luck, but you will mistake. And if you, you base your, the winemaking on experience only, but you don't understand certain very important principle, you also will mistake. Yes, yes. And since this is a champagne podcast, of course, we're going to drink some champagne. Yes, for sure. And uh, the first one that we're going to try is uh, your... Uh, Cuvée de Reserve. Cuvée de Reserve. Yes. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, it's, uh, you know, it's an entry-level one of pictures, but it's also a flagship cuvée. And I must say, it's the one I involve the most of myself, the most of my knowledge, the most of my energy, the most of my money. <laughs> because, you know, it's not a, it's not a big deal to, um, to make a good wine from the cream of the cream. For example, uh, when I say the cream of the cream, I mean uh, the, the Chétillon, for example. Yeah. Chétillon is top vineyards from a top village. Uh, um, a short selection of uh, um, the, the top village, the this top vineyard, and single years. It's it's from every vintage. That's that's a big challenge. But basically, it's not a big deal. With Cuvée de Reserve, I must release a very good wine year after year, consistent in style, uh, consistent in quality. Uh, so. I must say it's uh, it, it's the one I'm the most proud of because I, I think I really uh, improved the quality of the cuvée de réserve for the last 
10, 15 years uh, through certain choices. You know, I explained you that I was not involved in the business, but I, I had uh, a space to participate, to suggest. The Cuban Reserve is a perfect example of, uh, of uh, uh, this history. I mean that my father historically used to blend the Cuban Reserve on a large proportion of a single year, so a large proportion of the last harvest, and let's say something like 15-20% previous years. So it's called in Champagne Vin de Reserve. He used to store his Vin de Reserve single vintage and to store, let's say, three, four, five different single vintage, but to use only one or two for each uh, cuvee. And in 97, uh, you must remember that 97 came after 95 and 96, two very good vintages in Champagne, while 97 was a bit lower in quality. I said, my father, we can't follow the same way. The level of the level of uh, the cuvee de reserve will drop down. Clearly, if you don't have more than 15-20% reserve wine with 97, it, it will be a big drop down in between the 96 base, the 95, the 96 base, and the 97. And once again, my past father has no pressure, so he and he's, he's a very clever uh, person and he said, I think you, you are right. And he accepted to sacrifice 100% his reserve for. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The, the, the 97 base non-vintage. And in 97, we blended and sacrificed 100% is reserve. It has been 88, 90, 93, 95, and 96. Uh, represented something like a third, a bit more than a third of the blend, plus 90, uh, plus, so this base has a reserve, plus 97. And 
instead of to bulkload 100% this blend, we started to keep a proportion for the next blend, to store in tank for the, for the next blend. And from this date, the uh, non-vintage is always blended uh, this way. So, and right now it's 10 years now, something like 10 years, the cuvée de reserve is based on 50% the previous non-vintage base stored in tank. And as you saw, right now it's stored in three kinds of vats. So in stainless steel, in concrete, so in cement, yes. and in big cask, yes. oak cask. Let's say to reveal three different faces of, uh, of uh, the same wine, you know, uh, to gain in complexity, to make a more a deeper and complex wine. But anyway, a cuvée de reserve right now, it's based on 50% the previous uh, wine and 50% the new harvest. Then we bottled 50% the blend and we keep the rest for the next year. So considering this process, a cuvée de reserve right now, it is 2014 base, is a multi-vintage blend. You yes. know, it's more than 20 vintages blended together. For me, it's clearly the only way to succeed with... Uh, once again, my raw material. As I try my best to understand the specificity, I think it's the only way to blend a good non-vintage at Peters. Because, you know, most of our terroir is seated in the Menil. Le Menil is clearly an unfriendly wine when young, you know. Yes. It's tight, close, austere, cold. Um, this way is for me a, a very interesting method, you know, to add the uh, to 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 let's say to blend complex wine soft deep with uh, round you know yes. so the reserve with very energetic crispy uh, full of fresh citrus uh, wine and it makes a good balance you know uh, it's a way to not to fight but to beat the yes. the very austere character of lemonin for me so not to uh, mask it to keep it, but in a very good way. I mean, the reserve process. Yes. It makes the wine very complex, very deep, but very soft, with no lack of energy, thanks to the young part. Yeah. It's a very nice wine. Very nice wine. And the Honestly, it's, it's the one I'm the most, most proud of. Yes. You can think Chetillon is uh, my success. Chetillon is clearly the success of a terroir. Yes. Our success was to know a long time ago that this terroir is outstanding. Yes. But there is no, once again, it's not a big deal to blend the Chetillon. Uh, it's so good, it's so easy, but the, the Cuvée de Reserve, it's another history. And, and to tell the Swedish listeners, the Cuvée de Reserve is, uh, on Sustainable Logget, the price is very, very low, so you get a lot of value for, for, for your money. Uh, also, I think it must stay uh, deeply in the DNA of the growers in general, not only the champagne growers. Uh, I'm big fans of wine, once again, especially from Burgundy. I know many producers in Burgundy, even some stars, you know, that if you are able to buy direct, the wines are very, not cheap, but let's say, very fair prices. Yes. You can buy with very fair prices. Even, you know, producers like Raveno or Koch. Um, it's also, 
for me, a problem for parts right now on the market, it's not the producer making the money, you know. The star producer does not make the money. It says the retail makes the money and the, the intermediary makes the money. Yes. But the producer by themselves, they don't make much the money. But it's not our concern. Our concern is how to transmit, you know. Mm -hmm. It's probably uh, crazy to say that. But if we make too much money, we will be in trouble to transmit. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yes, I, I understand. That's it. But um, the Cuvier de Reserve on Magnum, is it always a vintage? Our first concern is not to make money. It's to release one we can be proud of, yeah. you know. And clearly, Magnum for me, it's, it's the best format. Yes. I think I also like uh, three liters, you know, yeah. in, for other reasons. I mean, Magnum is a copy of the bottle, yes. but with a very, very slow aging process. So a Magnum stay on the fresh fruit and uh, like a bottle, but age very, very slowly compared to a bottle. So it's a perfect format. Uh, the three liters for me, same, same as for the Magnum. Yes. It's not declared, but it's also a also single vintage. vintage. Yeah. So the vintage now would be uh, uh, 12. 11? 12. 12. Okay, 12 is a nice vintage. Yes, uh, the vintage now is 12. But so anyway, uh, it's just because it's a perfect format that I prefer to bottle a, a, a vintage quality wine. Yes. Even we don't declare it, no. even we don't sell for the price of a vintage. No. But for me, a Magnum must be top quality wine, you know. Yeah. When you open a Magnum of Champagne, it must be like a feast and uh, you, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, a small bottle just to have an aperitif. If you open a Magnum, it's for, yes, to start the, the game. Uh, yesterday, we visited a friend, uh, Jerome, uh, at Le Grey House. Yes. And I bought a bottle of um, his vintage 11. Uh, on a uh, year bomb uh -huh, uh -huh. and to give to my son because he is born in 11 and born in 11? yes, okay. so on his 18th birthday uh, it's not declared but um, uh, the in early next year yes. Jérôme from Peters will be 11 yeah. days maybe he has to have another birthday present <laughs> <laughs> so what's the next one we're gonna try? There is no other choice than to taste together Chetillon. The, the, it's almost a preview. It's 2010. Yes. Uh, so the coming vintage. Yeah, uh, we don't have it in Sweden. No, no, it's, it's going to be released at the end of this year. The Chetillon is um, something very special for our family. Let's say that Chetillon is a terroir. So it's, it's not a commercial name, it's the name of a terroir in Le Menil, considered as one of the two best terroirs in Le Menil. Mm. But for a very long time, you know... Uh, um, <laughs> Get the goosebumps from... <laughs> yes. That's good. My great-grandfather, so Camille, the first man in the family who took the decision to produce sparkling wines or champagne, he bought three hectares, one piece, in Le Chetillon. So almost 100 years ago, because he knew that this terroir is outstanding. So it's not new to know, people knows for a long time that this terroir is, is, is very exceptional. So we still grow this piece, unfortunately not the three hectares, because mm -hmm. my, uh, my grandfather had to share with uh, sisters and brothers. But anyway, we still grow this piece, 
and plus two others, yes. which is a key element, you know. L'échetillon is not a single vineyard. Uh, in a way, you can think it's a single vineyard. L'échetillon is three pieces, three parcels, seated in Chetillon, not exactly with the same uh, exposure, you know, not exactly with the same uh, topsoil anyway. Certain are a bit deeper, certain are really tiny, but all growing from massal, you know what are massal? It's yes. all vine, yes. you know, and massal means it's a blend of Chardonnay growing, yes. you know, it's not clones, it's opposite that mm. clones. So it's first a, a first blend in the vineyard. It's all vine, 48, uh, 47 to 68 years old vineyard. And then we vinified the three parcels separately. That's the reason why I explained you previously that the Chetillon is, used to be blend from non uh, 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 mallow wine and no mallow wines. We used to do the mallow on two tanks and no mallow on the third one. And then we have two rules. First, we never, we want to keep at least 50% of the quantity of Chetillon, the volume of the wine for the cuvée de reserve. You even can't imagine to release a good non-vintage wine if you don't, mm. if you can't blend the top of your wine for your non-vintage wine. Yes. So it's at least 50% Les Chetillon keep aside for the non-vintage. And then it's no pressure for me. Mm. I can keep the 50 best percent yes. for the Echetillon. Yes. So it's really the cream of the cream. Yeah. But as we want to release Echetillon from every vintage, I also have no objective in quantity. No. I theoretically can produce 11,000 bottles from Echetillon. Yes. If I use 50% of the production, it's something like 11, 12,000 percent. Yes. It has been 11 for 2008. A very easy vintage, outstanding. For 10, more challenging. I took the decision or I succeed, you know, I was happy with a blend able to bottle, <coughs> to produce 6,000 bottles only. You know, for sure I can release 10,000 bottles initiative every vintage. Yes. It's not a, it's not a problem to sell, but my first uh, concern is to keep a top level of yes. quality. And for that, that means you you can't, uh, your objective can't be a quantity. It must be a quality. Of course, of course. So 10 is for me a very good example. I really like, you know, it was a challenging vintage, but uh, it makes the elegancy for me and the very uh, rich character of, uh, of uh, this terroir. It's a difference with every other, you know. Once again, Le Ménil used to be tight, austere, very inside. Les Chétillons uh, is based on very chalky core line, you know. Uh, yeah. The Le Ménil chalkiness specific, you know, full of uh, salt, sea breeze, uh, iodine character. But at the same time, it's so complex, so large in flavors uh, and, and with a very large body also. It's lovely. Yeah. It's lovely. Can you reveal to the Swedish listeners which uh, is going to be the next vintage of uh, the Chateaulion? Uh, so 10 and the next is going to be 11. 11? Yes. Nice. You know, you can't explain it's a, a exceptional uh, terroir and release your wine from the best vintages only. Mm -hmm. You know, as a winemaker, I far prefer a vintage like 
13, for example, yeah. or 2007 than 08 or 12. In 08 and 12, everybody succeeded. Yes. From the best terroir, from the worst terroir, it was so easy that everybody succeeded. You can make a big difference with others from the challenging years. Yes. And I far prefer yeah. such a vintage. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. Yes. And before we end the interview, I heard that you like uh, wine, of course, and, yes. and Barolo. Uh, so <laughs> this is um, uh, a Barolo from my brother. He has a small uh, importer and he um, uh, imports, only sells to restaurants. Okay. This was his last bottle for Brezza. So it's uh, from their best uh, vineyard. Wow. Thanks a lot. Uh, Brezza is the name of the producer and yes. Sarmasa is the name of the terroir. Yes. Okay. Yes. You know where is uh, is uh, located in Barolo? I don't know actually uh, this uh, this terroir. Uh, I'll send you the information. Okay, I haven't tried it. Uh, it was the last bottle. Thanks a lot. You know, I, I really love my my. I think Barolo is uh, the Burgundy of Italy for a part. The elegancy of the tannins in in the Barolo are so it's so silky, so soft that. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's the main reason reason why I like Barolo because of the character of uh, the tenants. Okay. Thanks a lot. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you very much for having us. My pleasure. Thank you. Så där, då var den intervjun klar och eh, jag hoppas att ni ni fick en en fin bild av Rodolf och lika fin bild som som jag själv fick. Eh, fick ju prova några champagner i podden och och senare när vi hade stängt av kameran så fick jag prova resterande i sortimentet. Jag tycker att, att Pierre Peters överlag är riktigt, riktigt bra. Den som jag kanske blev mest överraskad av på plats var deras extra brutt. Jag är inte så förtjust i extra brutt i vanliga fall men jag tyckte att den var otroligt bra. Sen är ju deras Chetillon jättehärliga, de här mandarintonerna man får och... Ja, den här fruktiga och, och lite, lite kryddighet. Den är otroligt komplext eh, vin som, som kräver extra lagring. De årgångarna som finns att tillgå nu på Systembolaget är ju 07 och 09. Vilket jag rekommenderar att ni ska köpa. Jag köper på mig alla Chetillon som jag får tag på. Eh, och hoppas att jag kommer kunna göra en Chetillon vertikal så småningom. Jag tror att jag har... Nästan samtliga årgångar från 00. Vad ska jag säga? Sista tiden så har det varit en hel del provningar. En hel del väldigt roliga provningar också. Jag har kört en hel del åbudrickande hemma också. Jag har provat lite champagne och senaste champagneprovet var en Gide Telmont 76. Som var en av de äldre flaskorna jag provat. Men absolut inte en av de bättre tyvärr. Det är alltid, alltid roligt att prova. Är det så att ni inte har gått in på min Youtube-kanal så tycker jag att ni ska göra det. Ni hittar den på när ni söker på Champagne Sweden där jag då lägger upp två till tre nya videos i veckan där jag recenserar olika champagner och ibland så kanske jag kör någon typ av champagneskola. Jag tycker även att ni ska gå in på min hemsida champagnesweden.se där ni kan hitta kommande provningar. För nu har jag släppt lite fler datum för kommande provningar och det finns några... Några riktigt roliga provningar som det fortfarande finns platser på. Och eh, ni hittar ju det på min hemsida under eh, kommande provningar. Vill ni ha lite extra eh, förtur och sådär så är det alltid bra om ni, om ni mejlar mig och, och signar upp er på nyhetsbrevet. Eh, så, så får ni förtur. 
Men jag kan väl nämna några av de provningar som jag kommer köra. Är ju, jag kommer, under november kommer jag ha en mummiddag. Jag kommer ha en Perichoué-middag. kommer köra en Dutz-middag och en Charles Heidsäck-middag. Vanligtvis på mina provningar så brukar jag ha lite enklare tilltugg. Men här så kommer vi köra lite tilltugg till under själva provningen. Och sen så blir det en varmhet efteråt. På franskavinlistan.com så släpper man Celos som är en av mina favoritproducenter. Troligtvis så kommer det finnas några champagne kvar när ni, när ni lyssnar, om ni lyssnar tidigt. Ni kommer väl kanske ha varit lite försena till de vingårdsbetecknade. Det är tips i alla fall, gå in på franskavinlistan.com kolla om det finns några Celos champagne kvar. Är det så att ni är försent ute så tror jag att det är den 17 november som... Det kommer släppas lite grann loss på Systembolaget. Nu tänkte jag faktiskt att jag ska gå iväg och träna. Jag anser att desto mer champagne man dricker desto mer måste man träna. Och jag, jag har faktiskt haft lite dålig motivation på träningen eh, den sista tiden. Ja, jag har undrat lite grann vad jag ska göra. Jag har nästan aldrig haft dålig motivation till träning tidigare. Men nu har det varit lite dålig motivation men jag har tagit mig dit i alla fall. Och jag bor som sagt på Södermalm och tränar på satsmedborgarplatsen som bara ligger fem minuter ifrån mig. På vägen hem då ifrån, ifrån gymmet så ligger 69ans tobak som är en mycket trevlig tobaks- och spelbutik. Och då brukar jag faktiskt göra så att jag går förbi tobaksbutiken och sen så köper jag en cigarr. Och sen så sätter jag mig ute med en cigarr och ett glas champagne och så firar jag att jag har gjort ett bra pass. Det kanske inte är den absolut bästa... Sättet att eh, återhämta sig efter en träning. Men jag tror att eh, jag känner att jag återhämtar själen väldigt fint. Eh, jag får en balans i livet. Och eh, det är absolut bättre att eh, ta ett halvt glas champagne. Röka en cigarr och gå och träna. Än att bara sitta hemma och, och, och låta bli helt enkelt. För er som inte har möjlighet att springa förbi 69 tobak. Så rekommenderar jag att ni köper era kubanska cigarrer på robusto.se. Som... Som är en riktigt, riktigt bra och välsorterad butik på nätet med, med snabba leveranser. Det var väl egentligen allting som jag har för idag. Men det ska jag säga också att till den här cigarren då som jag ska köpa så ska jag dricka en Debolt Valois Prestige Blonde Blanc som jag öppnade igår. Som jag tror kommer passa bra till cigarren då den har... En fin syra men också väldigt mjuk, mogen och vi har en liten skön, eh, alltså mogen, ekad ton från de gamla ekfaten som man, som man använder till det vinet. Och jag tänkte att jag måste ge er faktiskt ett tips. Det är så att eh, nu på fredag blir väl den 6 oktober så släpps Alfred Gettien Brutt 04 på Systembolaget. Det kommer kosta 369 kronor vilket är ett superfynd. Gå in, och, gå in och köp några flaskor. De är enormt bra att dricka nu. De kan lagras men, men jag rekommenderar faktiskt att, att dricka dem nu. Så att det, var, det var veckans tips då förutom Châtillon. Tills vi hörs nästa gång. Drick champagne alla dagar som slutar på G.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.